This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. On today's episode, I chat with Betty Louise, a wellness coach, pleasure advocate, and former radio host to her show, Living an Organic and Orgasmic Life. Having interviewed and worked with experts, artists, and innovators around the world, she guides individuals to rediscover their inner beauty and sexuality by teaching clients to truly fall in love with who they are. Betty Louise is also a master trainer for the Stanford Chronic Disease Self-Management Program. Diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis more than 25 years ago, Betty Louise knows pain inside out. After 15 years of pharmaceuticals, she now fully trusts her inner guide and follows her own natural recipe for a healthy life, which includes drawing on the healing of her inner beauty and sexuality. On this episode, Betty Louise and I chat about living orgasmically and the unlimited potential pleasure has in the everyday. I hope this interview leaves you feeling full, nourished, and equipped with tools to unlock your confidence and radiance. Betty Louise, I'm so excited to talk to you today about pleasure. And now I know there's so much to unpack here and I'm excited to do so, but I'd really love for you to tell us your story on how you got started even getting interested in the topic of pleasure in the first place. Mm, Okay. Well, interestingly enough, it came through pain. (laughs) Um, I have a autoimmune chronic pain condition, rheumatoid arthritis. And I've had it for, well, I'm going on 35 years. So a long haul of pain. And when I first became a coach, because I, I, I am a practicing life coach, I first started coaching people in pain. I had done some programs, some self-management of pain programs, and learned some wonderful, actually, they were coaching techniques, only they weren't called that at Stanford University, and I went on to do a lot of work with people in chronic pain. But I ran into several challenges with that. Um, One is that I was always in this mode of talking about pain. And so personally, it wasn't serving me as I had hoped it would. What I ended up doing was going off of all of the medication, the pharmaceutical medication I had for rheumatoid arthritis, and I was taking a fair amount. And I decided, I just want to get off of all this and see what my body can do on its own. And so I worked with my doctor. I tapered off of everything. Initially, I felt pretty darn good. But then, you know, my body was like, hey, where's all that help? And so I started feeling some pain. 
And I was late. This, this is literally how it happened. It was like an aha moment for me. I was laying on my bed one afternoon, just not able to move very well and feeling very, very tired. And I started to just, you know, relax into my bed and lay there. And I literally, in my mind, not on the radio, but in my mind, I started to hear Marvin Gaye singing Sexual Healing. And it was the moment that made me say, wow, this would be a really good time to test that out, to see how far sexual healing could really go, because I'm in so much pain. And luckily, I had a very safe underlying safe partner um, to invite. I wasn't in a relationship with him other than kind of a friends with benefits relationship. And and he came over and um, we had sex all night long. And my pain level went from a 10 down to about a 3 overnight only with having made love to this man. And, you know, I mean, I, I really want to underline because I've done so much research and work on sexuality since then. It's not just any old sex. It has to be sex where you can surrender and relax and really be in the moment of the pleasure. And that is what created the situation for me. You know, it didn't last, you know, for days, but then I started on the journey of exploring sexuality as a healing tool. And that got me into sensuality and beauty. And so for the last 10 years, I have done a lot of work around our inner beauty, sensuality, and sexuality. And I mostly work with women because men just don't quite think about it the same way. But you know, it applies to all of us, you know, we all have it, but yeah. So before I just ramble, 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 that's how I got started with this whole path of researching and working with others around pleasure. That is hands down. One of the best stories I've heard. (laughs) That is so great. And you know, what I really love about this is that you, that aha moment is accessible to anyone that is like something greater coming down and and really like guiding guiding these messages and and this type of healing and honestly like passing on this really cool work to you that I feel like you know it it was just that gateway which is so exciting it really was I mean I can't tell you how how moved I was by this incredible um, discovery because I didn't know it myself. I mean, I had a very good sex life, you know, when I was married and, and afterwards. And so it wasn't like, you know, I didn't have good sex, but I just never connected sex with, wow, this is good for my pain. And, and that, you know, I mean, I went on to learn it's really a wonderful thing for women who have migraines and so many other. It's good for the common cold because it builds your immune system. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a cool thing. <laughs> I'm so excited to just understand your coaching work and, and what that looks like. But kind of before we get into that, what was the dialogue 
around pleasure and intimacy for you like growing up? Because I know that is sometimes really hard for people to unlock. I know. Well, I grew up in a suburb of Chicago and I orgasm never touched either one of my parents lips as far as I knew and so we didn't discuss anything about sex you know when I first started menstruating my mother just gave me a booklet there was no big conversation um so it did not come from my home I definitely was interested in sex at a young, you know, not at a young age. I mean, anymore, you know, they started really young. But I was 18 when I had my first sexual experience. It wasn't great. It was with somebody I didn't really care about. But, um, which I, I, went on. I think that's a common experience for many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I just, you know, I just wanted to have the experience. I was definitely always very interested in what is this thing? You right. Know? And, and so had my, my first experiences, which were, you know, just okay and some not so good. And, and then I, I actually moved to California when I was 20. And, and then I met this really wonderful man who was much older than I was. I was 21 and he was 31. And I think, I think it was Larry that really just showed me what was possible. He was just, you know, one of these incredible lovers that understood that if he pleasured a woman, he got so much pleasure out of that. And so he really took his time and showed me how to relax with it. And I think that's when I really realized, wow, this is this is a wonderful thing. And I went on, I was married for 20 years and, you know, I was, my sex with my husband was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't until I divorced him and I started... And then I was much more mature in my own sexuality that I really started having wonderful sex with men. I mean, I, I it sounds like I'm some big, you know, I'm going out there having sex with a bunch of people. I really am, am much more discreet than I may be sounding in this moment. But, you know, I had like three or four relationships after I was divorced and every those sex just kept getting better and what I realized actually the first guy that I had sex with after my um my marriage broke up we we went on for like four hours and the only reason we stopped was because we were both starving and so as we went to dinner we're sitting at dinner and he said I said to him oh my god you are so fabulous and he looked at me and he's like it's not me. It's you. <laughs> That's when I got the power that a woman has that I didn't understand, but I really wanted to teach women about it. You know, I really wanted them to understand that, you know, one, the amount of pleasure they could experience if they would let themselves, because I really do believe it's, it's in our control. And, and, I don't remember my other point. Sorry. I was going to say something else and then I went out of my head. No. And, and just kind of to riff off you here, I think this is so important for 
especially women to understand, even in post-divorce. I think that there we live in a society where we put a lot of sexualization on bodies that are young and understanding that pleasure, it can be given to any age group and it doesn't die once you've gotten married or once, once there's been a divorce involved. And I know that you just said you're like, oh, I don't want to sound like you know, I'm I'm fooling around too much. I don't want to come off the wrong way. But I think that's a stigma that, that we face in general when it comes to pleasure and when it comes to sex. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad you underlined that point because that is important for women to realize. This whole thing about drying up and, you know, oh, it becomes painful. I don't know. I'm going to turn 65 this year. And I'm as juicy as I've ever been. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So you talk about Brene Brown, who is an incredible vulnerability researcher and how her thesis on vulnerability has a lot to do with your work and pleasure. That's actually how I got in touch with you. Uh, You have a wonderful piece that you've written about pleasure and its connection to vulnerability. So I would really love to just hear your thoughts on that and 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 how it's connected yeah you know vulnerability is so hard for us in this world overall um you know we're all putting on the the masks and the you know the good front and you know underneath all that we're these really beautiful soft human beings and, you know, Brene's work is just fabulous. And I would recommend anyone listening to, you know, particularly her first TED Talk. But she's got done so much work after that and become, you know, really quite a celebrity. And I'm thrilled about that because she goes into shame and vulnerability and all these things that, you know, nobody really wants to talk about. But when you are vulnerable you are feeling you're feeling your body you know there's the head that we you know rely on our heads to think and be intelligent and problem solve and figure things out and then connected to all that of course is our bodies and what our bodies bring to us is the ability to feel to to feel everything to feel scared to feel safe to feel excited our bodies are the ones that feel that our head doesn't feel things our brains don't feel things so when i work with my clients around vulnerability and allowing themselves to be vulnerable it's Uh, an in-the-moment thing. It's having to be so present with the moment of how you are feeling and what is really true. And I've gotten to the point with with clients that I, I work with for, you know, a little while, a month or two, I can tell when in their voices, when they're telling me everything's okay, but I don't hear that in their voice. You know, Mm. it's there. And so vulnerability, the way I teach it, starts with sensuality. Seems maybe like a funny connection, but sensuality is something if you are going to feel the breeze coming through the window on your your skin, you can't be thinking about what you're going to be doing next. 
You have to be feeling that. You have to be in the moment of it, 100% present with it. And once we, and, and it's a practice too, because we, we have so many patterns that we're locked into that we're thinking about stuff and we don't even realize, oh gosh, I'm, you know, we're not feeling things. We're just thinking. So it really is a practice. And that's why a lot of people do meditation and things like that so that they can slow down and just feel their bodies. So to really begin the, the, the practice of it is it's very simple. You can do it anywhere. You know, you don't have to expose yourself to anything. You just stop and breathe, feel whatever, you, you know, use all five senses. You know, what are you seeing? Just really focus on that. What are you smelling? What are you touching, tasting? All of those things. What are you hearing? It really, any moment in time, you know, and, and when I was really starting my work, I would just stop at a beautiful sunset and I would just take a few moments to take it in and feel the sensuality that my eyes got to see. And I'd do that when I'd cook. I'd just stop. Oh my gosh, this food just smells so good. It's, you know, I could almost like taste it. I cook very healthy. And so it's like, oh, I'm just so happy. I'm tasting, I'm making this healthy food that I get to taste. And so that's how I start the practice with people is is working on their sensuality working with them around their sensuality thank you for pointing that out because pleasure also isn't innately sexual that we can really take in these moments when we're cooking and when we're watching the sunset and learn how to access pleasure kind of at at this level, you know, this entry level and, and what is I, I on the bedside, I always talk about like, what is the easiest point of access when it comes to pleasure? Because we, we tend to put so much pressure on, on this idea of, of performance and, and, you know, having sex and getting intimate. And I think that you just brought up such a good point that, that leaning into pleasure on a really simple level brings access to to such greater possibilities oh i love the way you said that yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about you know as you practice it it comes easier and and so all of a sudden you just notice things differently i i also and this is a Brene brown thing too i write in a gratitude journal every morning it's specifically designed for gratitude i start out every single sentence with i'm grateful for and and one of the things I always write is how I'm grateful for nature. And I write all the different things in, a, in nature that I can think of that I'm grateful for. The creeks, the fog, the breezes, the clouds, the rain, the snow. And so because of that, and I've been doing this since 2015, I notice things all the time. It, gratitude comes to me so easily. And I feel the same way about pleasure. I just notice pleasure more I feel pleasure in my body more you know because I've been practicing it and experiencing it and the littlest things you can be grateful for and find pleasure in those are the best I think 
I'm so happy that you brought up a gratitude practice because it, because it really truly does help you ground in the moment and really understand kind of kind of your your truth your your authentic truth to pleasure and your authentic access to pleasure exactly that's exactly right you know it's it's about taking those moments and they really are moments and then they start to stretch into minutes and hours and the pleasure just grows the gratitude grows sensuality grows and it's uh, and what what really gets me excited when i talk to people like you because i'm so excited you're doing this work is that we all have access to this this is not for the rich everyone has access to this it's within us and that's what gets me really excited and i think it can be world changing i really do I absolutely could not agree more. It is, it's groundbreaking. And you know what's so fun about it is that it's contagious. Yes. You know, some people, they're very closed up about sex and they're, they don't even want to talk about it. And I have a friend who's going to be 70 and she still never has experienced an orgasm. And, you know, so, so that's going on too. You know, I, I just want to say that I understand that that's going on. And... I do feel that if we continue to just take the time to talk about this, and my experience is that once it gets brought up in a conversation, like with somebody like me, who I don't have inhibitions about talking about sex, I think it's a very healthy thing to do, and I'll talk about any aspect of it. And once I do that with people, with either I used to speak to groups of people around chronic pain and if sex would ever come up I wouldn't be on my agenda but if sex would ever come up the room would come alive yes and those are the things that I pay attention to when I have conversations with people I ran into a woman at a conference and sat down with her at lunch and she's like oh what do you do and I started into talking about my work and she was so happy and high by the time she finished lunch. She's like, well, I sure didn't expect that kind of conversation at lunch. But it, it, it like sparks people. And that's what we need in this world. We need people to be sparked so that we, you know, if I go back to my life coaching, so that we live in our, in our values and in our fulfillment. And, you know, it's possible for everybody. And we've we've shut ourselves down to so much for reasons that I shared with you, too. You know, when I started this work, I had no idea how dysfunctional we were around sex. And so I, I, that's another reason why I'm just super excited that you are, are doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And and I I, you know, I think, too, that when we're talking about this idea of really being able to un unleash and unlock your pleasure, and and sometimes I, I try to really explain that, being able to do that and, and the work that you and I both do when we talk about sex and intimacy and pleasure is such important groundwork for, be, for being able to go out there and, and do the work that everyone else is supposed to do and, and make this world a better place. As you know, when you can understand your pleasure and, and, and what that means to you, you can communicate better. You can, 
you can access things with with more ease and with more intentionality and that allows you to be a better person just in whatever form that is for you exactly um you know so i'll I'll bring in the beauty piece now too because for women you know we have such terrible views of ourselves i think it's getting a little better but um you know, there's there's very few women that use the word beautiful when they describe themselves. And what I like to point out to women is, you know, we've all had those those times when you're wearing something that just fits perfectly. You got your hair going on, you know, makeup worked out just perfect tonight. And you are just feeling it. You're feeling beautiful. You're feeling sensual. You're feeling sexy. You know, those moments, women just feel like, I could rule the world. You know, I mean, you feel so good about yourself and so your point about then you go out there and you spread that energy yes you spread that goodness to whoever gets to see you at that time you know you're happy all of that Yes, absolutely. And it's so crazy how sometimes those moments feel so few and far between. But we all know what that feels like when you're just out at night or whatever the circumstances are and you're you're on fire. Just it's unstoppable. The conversations you're having with people, the connections you're having with with individuals, it feels so good. And and connecting to sensuality like that is so I wish it wasn't so um, it didn't feel so sporadic for people. So I my kind of question going off that for you is how do we become more sensual? How do we allow those moments to be less sporadic? Well, again, it is a practice because it's not our normal way to think. So, you know, what I used to and I still do with some women prescribe as homework is to take those moments, stretch them out every single morning when you're looking in the mirror. You know, and what what I suggest is what we often do, and, and I do it too. I mean, I'm as human as, as anybody. You know, I used to have this little red spot that was on my forehead, and it, I don't even know what it was. It was hard to get rid of. And so every time I looked at the mirror, guess where I went first? right to that red spot so when i begin to practice seeing my beauty i have a soft focus i take in my whole face i take in everything and i find the beauty you know i'm like i said i'm 65 my arms are beginning to age but my shoulders they still look great you know so it's like you find the places in your body that are just beautiful we all have them and you find ways to accent them you know i loved it when they came out with those those shirts and um tops that have the shoulders cut out yes but they cover the arms those are great for me you know because my shoulders still look really good and I think I have beautiful shoulders I and my you know we're we're much more critical around our faces you know when I first started getting wrinkles it was like oh it was really hard not to look at them like oh my gosh I'm aging but you know what because I've been practicing this for a long time I look in the mirror now and I don't see those wrinkles. I look at everything else. And 
So practice is really it. So and and the beauty place is a good place to start. But you know, just to reinforce what I said earlier, you know, with sensuality, it can be any one of your senses. It can be, uh, you know, I I like to have people sit outside and just feel you know when I first started meditating many years ago I lived in a busy town and I would go in my backyard and I would sit down first thing in the morning and I'd hear all the traffic and I'd hear all that but then I would sit there and I'd find a bird somewhere you know focusing on a bird so that I could hear that bird they're there too you know it's all there and so I just kept practicing that. So then, you know, I got to the point where when I went out and sat, I heard the birds first. That's how I teach it, you know, that simply and that it's something that you can practice wherever you may be. You just made that sound so easy, which <laughs> and and I and I say that in a good way, because I think that when it comes to talking about topics like this, Maybe even, I don't know, the idea of meditation to a lot of people is they're like, you know what, that's not for me. It doesn't work. But I think you brought up a really good point just now that we can drop into these feelings in whatever way works for us. So where it might be for you sitting outside and listening to 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 the to the birds and to the nature might be you know, someone else just taking a stroll or, or getting a good workout in. And so I think that I really like this, this point you brought up that it can be, it doesn't have to be so prescribed. Absolutely not. It has to fit for you, you know, so whatever is, is in your life, whatever is going on in your life, you know, find those ways to just plug in a moment of sensuality and you know cooking of course I guess not everybody cooks but you know that's a really good way for for many of my clients you know they they just stop when they're cooking something and just make sure they take it in they take in the smells and then when they begin to eat they don't just, you know, talk and eat, talk and eat. It's like, no, let's just take a few moments to not speak and really taste this food. You know, I uh, when I was doing some of this work, I, I took a trip to Italy. And, oh, no, it was Spain that, that we met this woman. And she said, she talked about the orgasm of food. Mm. And, you know... We, we've all probably experienced that at some time, maybe not using the word orgasm, but where you're tasting something and it just tastes so good that you have to say something about it. Yes. You know, that's a moment of sensuality right there. It's so true. And I, I know that the science proves and shows that we, our brains really don't know the difference between eating a delicious meal and, and having a really good intimate moment with someone and, and, and having sex. And so I think what's really great here is that point you brought up that even the idea of orgasm can live beyond penetrative and physical sex. I mean, I had a radio show living an organic and orgasmic life that life itself could be orgasmic and I still believe it. I still practice it. It still works for me. So 
I always ask my guests this question because I think it's really important to unpack, to understand how other people keep sexually well and what their routines look like because I think we learn a lot from other people's practices. And I know that you've shared with us a little bit of your practices, but I'd love to know what your routines are to stay sexually well. To stay tapped into my sensuality. That is really a, a very important piece for me and my beauty. Um, I, it, it's so funny. It's like when I was growing up, I have, you know, I just have that body type that has thighs, you know, big thighs. And I used to just always think my thighs were so big and so ugly and da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, you start getting older and you look back at pictures and you're like, oh, man, I had great legs then. Oh, but I didn't feel like I had great legs at that time. Oh, man, that could go on for my entire life. I could always look back and say, boy, I looked good then. So the beauty piece is important to really be in today with who you are and the beauty that you have today. I mean, I really believe that every single one of my wrinkles just shows this life experience that I've had that's incredible. So, so that's a piece of what I do every day to stay healthy, to stay well around beauty, sense, sensuality, and sexuality. And then with sensuality, I continue to practice all of that. I've just, you know, I go in and out of it. I, I'm not like every single day meditating, but I've just kind of started doing it again. And it's bringing back just great feelings for me where as soon as I roll out of bed, I go and sit outside and I just feel feel the air on my skin, smell what I smell. The flowers are starting to bloom here in California and listen to the birds. Oh my gosh, we got a bird feeder out front and there's birds like crazy, you know, so I just take all of that in fully. And I hope you can hear from my voice. It's like, I keep taking it in more and more fully as I age. And so it just gets, it gets juicier and juicier. And that's why I feel I am so juicy. Like I said, I, I'll talk about anything. So I am actually not having sex with anybody right now. I'm like internalizing a lot of my sensuality and sexuality. I'm, I'm not ruling it out, but I'm at this point in my life where I really love my freedom. <laughs> so I really love just not being attached to any anyone and so I, I'm not actually sharing my orgasm with people I'm keeping it for myself and you know yeah I, I do masturbate it's, it's not a like big practice that I have but every once in a while I just tap in to, to just see how my sexuality is feeling and as I said, you know, I, I'm not losing a darn thing. So I stay tuned into all of those things. And, and I would say for me, as well as just being a healthy person, you know, exercising, eating right, uh, you know, like I said, I have a chronic pain condition. So I try to keep my immune system very strong particularly in these times. And so 
all of those things are how I keep myself sexually well. And and I guess the other piece of it, you know, and I have never really said it just this way, but continuing to talk about it very openly with people and be real about it, that is also another way that I stay sexually well. Mm. Yes. Yes. I could not agree more. Sharing sharing your truth only allows other people to understand that their truths aren't weird or quirky, that everyone has their own wellness and, and what keeps them in check. And it's so freaking unique. And I love, thank you so much for sharing that your routine is what it is right now. Your glass is so full. Like I can, I can hear it in your voice. I can like feel it through our phone call. You are just so full of pleasure and zest for life. And, and it's truly, truly such a gift that you are sharing this with everyone. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. Thank you. Um, because I, I really do. I make a point of that. Like I don't, go in in our co-housing we have these different events you know in our common house and I don't go down there looking for some pleasure I bring the pleasure with me Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like you know okay here I am yes (laughs) and and not and, and I'm not saying I need to be the life of the party or anything like that but it's just like I just bring pleasure I'm a happy person and it's because of all of these experiences that I've had and and this knowledge, this knowing, it's actually a knowing. It's just a knowing about sensuality. Mm. And I, when I was interviewing people oh, in 2010, this woman gave me that, that line about, you know, it's your orgasm to share with whoever you want. And that really struck me that because, you know, I always think orgasm, other person. It's like, no, it really isn't that mm. way. It lives within you. Who's the one feeling that orgasm? Well, it's you. And you can decide who you bring that to. And, you know, the, the depth of the intimacy you have with people. And, you know, and I do. I love men. I love intimacy. And I don't have to have it in my life. You know, right now, my intimacy is with my grandson. <laughs> and we're just hanging out and playing. And I'm watching him. That's that's another thing that I'm doing right now. So see, it, that's what I mean. But it can be wherever you are in your life. I get great pleasure out of just watching my grandson. I don't even need to interact with him. But he's 16 months old and he's just discovering the world. And he is loving what he discovers. And I get so much joy and pleasure out of that. And I don't know if I would have if it would have been the same had I not done all of this work. This has just been such an incredible conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I'm really just thankful for you to have been so open and honest. And and if if this can leave anyone with a lesson themselves is that pleasure, it completely lives within you. And you have a choice really to to tap into that. And it's such a fun discovery and of course at times it can be challenging but but there's such beauty on the other side there's such connection at the other side um and there's such access and so i i really appreciate everything that you've been able to bring to bring to everyone today and and help them tap into their own sensuality and what pleasure really means to them in the everyday so thank you thank you thank you so much Oh, Tatiana, thank you for for reaching out to me and and wanting to hear more about my story. And I am just thrilled that 
you're doing this work and that people are, are getting access to these ideas because I think it, it's good for our world. And so thank you. Yes, thanks. And so tell us where we can connect with you and, and if there's anything exciting that we have to look forward to. Well, right now I am doing some projects here in, in the foothills of California and so I, I, have, I don't have all of the web connections that I did at one time for people to connect with me. So I, as I mentioned to you earlier, it's like I, my life is very simple now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give people my phone number and my email. And Perfect. if you want to reach out to me, you can certainly do that. So my email is coachbettylive at gmail and my phone number is 415-328-1724 and you can use either one of those means you can just reach out and ask a question and I may not respond immediately but you'll hear from me within 24 hours incredible and I'll I'll add your contact information in the show notes for anyone who who is curious and eager to reach out to you so I excellent thank you for that just so happy to to have had the opportunity to chat with you today well thank you for reaching out thank you for listening to the bedside podcast if you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening.